This podcast is supported by Conspiracy Unlimited. Richard Serrett is a regular guest host on Coast to Coast AM, the most listened to late night radio program in the world. Now you can hear Richard on his podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, three days a week. Political intrigue and subterfuge, conspiracies, the paranormal, UFOs, alternative energy, and more. New episodes drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Conspiracy Unlimited, following the truth wherever it leads. Listen and subscribe at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Welcome to the Horrible Movie Podcast, a studio DNA podcast. We're available on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at thehorriblemoviepodcast.com. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. You can become a patron of our show and the Studio DNA Network by going to patreon.com slash studio DNA to find out more. Now, here's the show. see this fall night elf that's right xander works for the u.s government during the day as a hacker but at night he's a night elf but he's not alone his main nemesis is dagan a blood elf who also (laughs) works for the u.s government as a hacker during the day but by night he's a double agent for the north korean government Night Night Elf. Elf. Coming to NBC this fall. Along with Barb of the Corpse. And Urkel the Scientist. And Wings 2. Return to Nantucket. That's right, it's Night Elf. Only on NBC this fall. Well, welcome to the Horror Movie Podcast. Um, NBC is just cranking them out left and right. They need to do a Heroes prequel. That's what we need next. That, that's what I would want. <laughs> um, I wanted to, to really promote uh, that because it's about elves. <clears throat> and in the world of elves is uh, is uh, hobbits. Hobbitses, as, as Gollum would say. And Elijah Wood is the premier hobbit. Is, is Elijah Wood as um, Frodo, is he more known than Bilbo Baggins? Or is Bilbo Baggins more known than Frodo at this point? Scott Bryant, welcome to the show. What do you think about that? I think to the younger generation, it's going to be Bilbo, just because of the Hobbit movies. Okay. But to our little group here, it's definitely Frodo. Frodo was I'm team Frodo. He was kind of the rock star of, 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 the, of the Hobbits. Uh, producer <clears throat> Phil, Frodo or Bilbo Baggins? Well, I mean, they made the Hobbit book into... A three like a trilogy of movies. Yeah, that so, was un- that was unnecessary. <clears throat> I mean, they literally tripled the amount of content about Frodo. Triple. 
strible. <laughs> a three-pack of fro- of Bilbo Baggins. I mean, there, there are equal parts movies, but they're not equal parts books. So, I don't know. I, I guess I'd go Frodo. If you're a fan of the books, you would definitely say Well, Frodo. we are fans of Frodo. That's actually my new uh, fan group I've created. It's called Fans of Frodo. Uh, and we are here because Elijah Wood is in this movie. In a prominent role, he helps discover the comet that looms way in the distance, uh, looking to kill us all. Um, Scott, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. Uh, why uh, Deep Impact, and what's your what's your remembrance of watching this for the first time? So Deep Impact, or as I like to call it sometimes, not Armageddon. Not Armageddon. <laughs> uh, it was. They both come out in the summer of 98. Yeah. I did not see either of them. I saw them after they'd come out. So this is my senior year of high school. Yeah. And I distinctly remember Armageddon because Liv Tyler was in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Continue. I think think the Lord every day. She doesn't look like her dad. Anyway. (laughs) Woof. (laughs) Tough crowd. But uh, with Deep Impact, it's not memorable. No. You remember Armageddon. It's that movie that Morgan Freeman's the president. That's in. right. Yeah. And, you know, Morgan from Shawshank. He's great. Love that movie. Yeah. But my goodness, Deep Impact, it's it's completely forgettable. Very much so. And I wish I couldn't say that, but I must. It's unmemorable. It's a hot take. It's unmemorable. Uh very unmemorable. Um well let's uh let's talk about this. Uh you and I um host another podcast. It's called Inner State of Mind. Uh, you and I commute to work, and we make our commute down the interstate. And this is legit, folks. It's not some made-up thing. And but Well, I, the things we do on it are these uh, made-up kind of uh, fun things. The drive is very real. But the drive is very real. Uh, we had a partnership with uh, Mike Matheny, who got uh, let go by the St. Louis Cardinals, the manager. Uh, and now he is spurred off into... Like we said on the show, on, on, like on Interstate of Mind, his own, his own podcast, Matheny on Mittens. Uh, he's a very good, very good friend of the show, uh, and off to you know other endeavors. But uh, what do you? Uh, how have you, have you enjoyed our other show that we do? I, I love our other show. It, it is the, uh, I would say the only podcast that takes place on the interstate. Yeah, yeah. Le- legitimately on the interstate. Yeah. Uh, really taking place between mile markers. Uh, what is it? 70 67 and 29 ish yeah on the interstate of 44 uh anyway it's great uh it's fun i enjoy it oh yeah it's the best part of the week some weeks except for when it's football season it's football season right now and it rocks and uh xpo logistics uh david in the live chat you're right xpo logistics for all your logistical needs folks it's the greatest trucking company you've ever seen xpo logistics they're our key sponsor, allegedly, on the show. Uh, and they're great. And we always count our XBO yeah. trucks and our hawk sightings as well. Because yeah. I love a hawk. Phil, I love hawks. It's my favorite animal. Yeah. I don't know if it's my spirit animal. I was going to say, yeah. But it, it might be, but I'm a little chubby to have a hawk as my spirit animal. Animal. My spirit animal might be like a groundhog or something. Well, your hawk had just eaten. That's true. I'm yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I'm full. I just. Never mind. I am full. I've eaten a groundhog. There you go. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm looking it up. I think um, Morgan Freeman essentially portrayed the first ever black president in a movie um, in, in 1998. 1997 is when The Fifth Element came out, 
and they had a black they call him president but he's basically like president of the world like he yeah, Zeus tiny lister plays that, yes. that president yes. yeah so I, I don't know that I would count that but like the first president of the USA I think is this movie is deep impact so hmm. kind of interesting I mean he's about 10 years before like we actually had that black president but way to go deep impact yeah yeah and then 10 years later Barack Obama became the president of yeah, the United States. They were 10 years ahead of their time. How about that? Yeah. Morgan Freeman. Cutting edge. You know, Morgan Freeman loves uh, the blues. Loves the blues. I and mean, this is real, real, I'm, I'm talking real. Uh, and I know in, in Mississippi, he has a venue that he owns. And I can't remember the name of that town that he that he owns it in. Anyway, but I've seen a couple uh, TV shows that have, have went down there and been in his little establishment. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't think you were talking hockey, so... When did I said the blue, the, the St. Louis no, he know the, <laughs> It's like, that he doesn't, doesn't seem like a sport he'd that like. That would be cool. Okay. Well, he might, though. Who knows? Who knows? Um, okay, so Deep Impact. We talked in the pre-show about uh, it and Armageddon being twin movies. Uh, prepare yourselves, folks, for many crossovers. We've actually done Armageddon on the show. And um, it, um, yeah, get ready for some, some, from, for some uh, songs. The Deep Impact soundtrack didn't, didn't really have anything. And there's not really any music. And people know Armageddon for the, the Armageddon era, era stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's a bunch of things on there. So anyway, it is time. It is time of all some deets. The details of the movie. Deep impact. Oceans rise. Cities fall. But hope survives. <laughs> Deep impact. <laughs> Directed by Mimi Lee Mimi Leader. Um, a veteran uh, of the acting world, uh, been all over the place, done all kinds of things. Produced by David Brown. Um, David Brown uh, has done a ton of, ton of, ton of things. Um, theater guy, big time theater guy. He's been around since the early 70s in production role, that sort of thing. I was the producer of all the Jaws movies, produced Cocoon, uh, done a lot of stuff. Uh, written by Bruce Joel Rubin, and um, uh, yeah, other stuff that he's done, Jacob's Ladder, etc. And then um, I wanted to say this one, Michael Tolkien, which um, let's hope uh, he's not related to Tolkien, <laughs> which, would, really which would be awesome. <laughs> If he was related to Tolkien, because we have Elijah Wood in this movie. Uh, you know, this is based, I, I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but this is based on a book uh, called The Hammer of God. And it's a book that is about um, this uh, this comet that's going to destroy the world, and they have to have a, uh, a spacecraft go and try to destroy it. And uh, good times. Good times for all. Uh, release date of May 8th, 1998. A great summer for movies because then about two months later, around the 4th of July, Armageddon came out and blew this one out of the water and blew it up like an asteroid <laughs> or a comet. So th those movies were out concurrently, probably. Uh, yeah, they were. I'm sure there were some theaters where they were both in there. And someone made a day of it going watching two uh, things. <laughs> back to back. Battlefield Earth, was it also 1998? Because you could have seen three awesome movies that, that, that I feel like summer. like it was, yeah. I feel like it was too. Uh, budget, uh, $80 million. Box office, $349 million. We said that the uh, investment and the return on investment, honestly, for these two movies, for Armageddon and Deep Impact, were about the same. Uh, yeah. Ar 
Deep Impact made less movie or made less money and was less of a movie, but um, spent less money, almost half the budget of Armageddon because they just used, um, you know, props and kids' toys. And you could see the hands of people crashing things into each other. <laughs> um, I'm just joking. That's a joke. And nowhere that, Smith. That would save some money. And they saved, you know, saved $60 million on I think not having Steven Tyler there. I mean, would you guys agree that Star Power is a little bit less? Oh, yeah. It, 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 has less, oh, yeah. it just has less flair. It too, and, and yeah. actually less lens flares because Armageddon <laughs> has a lot of lens flares in it, and also it doesn't have this song. I don't want to close my eyes. I don't want to fall asleep because I still miss you, baby. And I don't want to miss a thing. I'm pretending to dance with my prom date over <laughs> and here. And you're not going <laughs> to blow up a comet. Um, before we get going here, Scott, when we come back from break, Scott, uh, we're going to let you do 30 second synopsis. Um, this cast in this movie, Elijah Wood, Morgan Freeman, Blair Underwood, John Favre, Happy Hogan, folks, he was in Iron Man, you know, Robert Duvall, phenomenal. When we come back, we'll talk more about that. Um, but stay tuned. We shall return. We'll uh, be right back. Welcome back. We're here. It's the Horror Movie Podcast, and uh, we've got in studio, we've got Scott Bryant. Scott, welcome back. Glad to be here. Yeah, well, doing great. And then uh, producer Phil, uh, who invented, who invented uh, uh, OxyClean. Yeah, you know, if you remember uh, the product that cleans things, Phil is the inventor of that. Mm. Um, yeah, so he, he's seen those infomercials overnight. He's he's the one that invented that. So I thought that was the acne cream for a minute. I was gonna say save my teenage <laughs> years. He his father invented uh, OxyClean or o- Oxy, the those those pads you used to wipe your face down oh, with. Man. It would just dry out your skin. Yeah, I forgot about it's just that. Just like straight alcohol on a pad. I used that. Just like everybody did, but it's like it just dried your skin out. Hey, thank you for saving my teenage years. Yeah, you're welcome. Anyway, so that's Phil. I made I made up I, that. I made my billions, and now I'm slumming it with you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, uh, David in live chat is talking about uh, Tasha Yar is in this. Um, she it plays the she plays the girl, the love interest of Elijah Woods. Uh, is that Vanessa Redgrave? No, that's an elderly lady. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I screwed that one up. Um, she he. She is the mom. Sorry, sorry for this, folks. This is a good, good audio. So, okay, so the the girl that's in this movie, like in '98, the, the '98 version of this actress, is she the girl that's in the very first scene of the movie, with like next to they're looking at through the yes. their telescopes. Together. Yes, and I've okay. got to find her name. Okay, she. Looked- okay, first of all, the Taji Yar is Denise Crosby. Okay. Yes, it, Denise Crosby. She is the mom of. I'm gonna miss her name. Why am I struggling here today? Why am I? Is it, I do I, I struggle like, every time? I think I struggle all the time. I've, I've said on the show before that I've never actually seen the next generation, but even she looked familiar to me, like I'd seen her in something. Lily Sobiski. Lily Sobiski. Sobiski. And she, uh, yeah, not kind of a plain actress, very plain. Mm-hmm. That makes sense? Yeah. Anyway. I'm saying that, so that kind of sounds weird. They, they had kind of a, a meet cute kind of um, thing going on between the yeah. two of them at the beginning. And I've said this before. We talked about Tasha Yard. Denise Crosby plays her mom in this movie. Uh, I 
my favorite, literally. I I know it's top five. Let's go top five. Favorite TV shows of all time, Star Trek Next Generation. And it is by far my favorite Star Trek uh, television show. Next Generation is the bomb. Diggity. More than the new Star Trek? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. More than any Star Trek. Any of the movies, wow. anything. Okay. It's the best. You know why? Captain Jean-Luc Picard. That's why. And Worf. And Data. I love Data. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Talking about space, in Deep Impact, there's a huge comet hurtling toward Earth. Elijah Wood is the first to see it. He gets credit because he sent a little note to a another uh, a guy, uh, an astronomer named Dr. Marcus Wolf. Are we skipping 30-second synopsis? No, I'm setting this up. Okay, gotcha. For Scott a to tell us about the 30-second synopsis of Deep Impact. He's lobbing me the softball. <laughs> and I'm trying to tell him we're going to uh, do 30-second synopsis, and he's going to do a great job uh, because he's a great person, and he's a fine uh, helper individual. Wow. I don't know what I'm talking Thank about Thank you. Now. That, that means a lot. 30-second synopsis to be called a helper individual. <laughs> I don't know what that even means. All right. Like you're in a nursing home or something. All right. All right. 30-second synopsis for Deep Impact. The oceans rise, cities fall, hope survives. Deep impact. Rated R. Nice. No, it was pretty PG. All right. We're pretty good. Here we go. <laughs> Scott Tay, are you ready? Ready. Five, six, seven, eight. It was that other asteroid movie, except it was a comet. <laughs> and there were two of them, one smaller, one bigger. Both hurtling, ironically, for the east coast of the United States. Down with the east coast. So they send everybody to quasi-Missouri, where the limestone caves are, to hide them. But only a million and only people under 50. So we could restart our society. And the rest of the movie is basically how that plays out. Who gets in, who doesn't, and the other stuff that happens with it. Amen. Got it. <laughs> Nailed it. I think, okay, see, 130 episodes in, and I think you're the first person to end it with amen. <laughs> amen. Hey, if you're going to do something well, do do it quickly and 130 episodes in. Hi, I'm Deep Impact, the other space asteroid comet movie. Pretty much. Um, but with that said, good job. That's, that's solid. That's tight. Yeah. As the kids say these days. It was off the chain. No, that's a couple years ago. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Sorry, I'm always behind. All right. So let's talk about this plot real quick. Elijah Wood uh, has not been in the Lord of the Rings yet. Um, he is a fresh-faced kid, came to Hollywood looking for some jobs. They cast him to play the young high school, middle school, whatever student he's supposed to be, allegedly, that somehow can get married in the movie. Um, I mean, just like... Let's let's cast a twelve-year-old looking guy <laughs> and have him be at the end be like, "Oh, we're married. We were able to get married. Here's my, our marriage license." Like literally, they do. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, so they can all get on the they can all go to the uh, cliffs of Dover to get in the uh, uh, the shelter. Anyway, he's looking into the night sky. His lady love as. Uh, Lady Love is also looking in the night sky, his girlfriend person. And uh, they uh, she, he sees uh, something next to uh, the star. The star he's looking at is Miser and Alcor. But he sees something else in there. And it's not a normal star. His teacher looks at it. No, he also knows it's something weird. Um, Segway 
to apparently the same time, the same moment, uh, in the night sky, uh, Dr. Marcus Wolf, who you anticipate to be a major character in this movie, <laughs> um, sees it as well. He's eating his uh, Supreme Pizza, uh, probably from uh, Papa John's. I don't know where it's from. And he go, and he's like, what, what's, what do I have here? And he talks to himself because we all know that as an astronomer, you live a lonely life of talking to yourself <laughs> uh, in, in the, uh, uh, at the astronomy lab. Um, and so he uh, sees it too and realizes what it is. He had gotten a message from this kid somehow, right? Yeah. So then he, download, he uh, saves the picture of this comet. He finds out what it is. He figures out with his telemetry software, which is hilarious that they had this, that the trajectory of this comet is Earth. Earth. Third rock from the sun. Earth. The East which Coast. Third rock from the sun would have been a show still on probably when this came out. <laughs> um, and he's going to hit the East Coast, and it's going to strike, uh, I'm not sure who it's going to strike first. Probably Washington. Or New York. Or New York. I think it's New York. Um, the, 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 does he know at this point how long it's going to take? I can't remember. Um, not sure. No, he, he doesn't, I don't, I don't think, think, I don't I think it's shot up on the screen. Uh, but he, he then tells them, uh, he, he, and he didn't tell anybody, he saves this picture, gets it, he gets in. He, he actually tries to mail it, like email it, which, I mean, email would have been like a very. <laughs> Continue, Phil. My leg is your, cramping. Your leg is dying. My leg is cramping. Um, <laughs> Great audio. He actually tries like it, as soon as he sees it, he immediately tries to like email it off so that so, so that someone else can know about this besides him, and it fails or something like that. And so he ends up um, having to like basically like drive it somewhere. So, and, and then and then what happens next? And then he Scott. crashes and <laughs> dies. So at least he doesn't get hit by the comet. I know, ridiculous. It's crazy. I like. I mean, I I know it's supposed to be this moment of like. Like, oh, you know, tragedy strikes or whatever. But it, it just came off really comical. And it's like the most benign car crash ever, if I remember right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's nothing. Oh, it, it's, it's just not, it, I mean, there's no car crash that's nothing. No, I mean, I'm not trying to say yeah. sorry to you car crash survivors out there. I've never been in one, but oh, it, it's no, I'm I just wasn't, knocked on wood I here. wasn't giving you, by the way, I'm back, folks. My leg is, uh, my leg <laughs> somehow just started cramping up like my, my hamstring like exploded through my right through my leg. Okay, <laughs> and it's still kind of sore. Okay, so this car crash. No, 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 no. You guys are way underselling this car crash. So he takes off from uh from. I can't think of the name of a astronomy lab. What's it called? The telescope place. Place where you have a telescope. Uh, Hubble. No, it's not Hubble. That's uh, the space one. No, I just want the, where you see a observatory. Observatory. Uh, Gosh, gotcha. I couldn't think of. Okay. So he takes off just back crazy. Out of. We gotta get out of here. I gotta take this. To, I'm not sure where. He drives it in a manila envelope, and and they and they sneak in. Um, he he goes head on with this truck driver. By the way, this truck driver is the most cliched truck driver of all time. <laughs> he's got like he's got a cigarette in his mouth, the hat, and yeah. He's drinking a Jolt Cola. I don't know if anyone remembers <laughs> Jolt, but it was a uh, I mean I'm an independent cola. I don't think it had anything to do with Pepsi or Coke. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, around the same time as a surge and that sort of thing. And he is smoking a cigarette. Well, he's singing some country music with his trucker hat on. Oh, and the cigarette falls out of his mouth. 
Um, Dr. Wolf is on this cell phone trying to get signal. Oh, come on. Come on. I got to get signal. Oh, I got to get signal. He looks down at the phone. He looks down at the phone to, see, to dial up numbers. He can't get signal, which on those phones back then, there was always signal because they radiated. That's true. They, they radiated through your whole brain. And I'm sure in a few years, they'll be like, yeah, these phones caused massive brain cancer. Well, and there was no competition for signal. Like yeah. no, no one had them back then. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, um, all tells huge. Uh, so, so then, head-on collision up this hill with this 18-wheeler. He hits him. He veers off. He hits the guardrail, and in he drives off the cliff, and in one fail swoop, it just explodes, and a scream, and the <laughs> Wil, there's a Wilhelm scream from Dr. Wolf. Would you yeah. guys know who the Wilhelm scream is? Is the fake? Are you being serious? Is there really this one in there? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> explosion how do they even know one how do they even know he has this downloaded thing because literally the car incinerated yeah, yeah so how does he get yeah, credit it, it completely blew up one year later we, we don't find out that he made contact or whatever but I guess they went to the lab and he left his maybe he left the telescope on that spot or it was on his computer I don't know anyway I mean the car's <laughs> full of rocket fuel or B, the email that didn't go through went through. This is one of my favorite. I will say this. This is one of my favorite death scenes in a movie (laughs) next to Newman when he was in Jurassic Park when the uh, one uh, uh, dinosaur that spits all over him. I just loved watching Dr. Wolf. I'm not saying I liked him dying, but it cracked me up. It was like this, like, you're not. Why? And then later on in the movie, there is no reason that he should have died. Like, there's none. Like, they could have just said, oh, he, oh yeah, Wolf and Beardum, Beard, Beardman, they, uh, Beardman, Beard, Beaderman, sorry, Bieber, Bieber's friend, Beaderman, <laughs> they, uh, you know, they discovered it together. It's this kid, and here he is. It's fun. And then after the movie, after everyone's alive, they can have a, you know, a, a murder mystery movie where they, or a TV show where they solve mysteries for all I care. It's like, the, and Wolf. It's like the good news, bad news thing. Hey, the good news is we're, uh, you're, uh, we can name this disease after you. Yeah. What's the bad news? Well, it's fatal. <laughs> it was a, We named this comet after you. Oh yeah, it's gonna hit the East Coast. <laughs> hey, it, and it, and it was a it was a floppy disk, by the way, with the little metal uh, spring loaded thing that slid over. That was top notch back then. Oh yeah, it's beautiful. Anyway, you guys understand. I'm sorry that I was incapacitated with my leg cramp. It's still there, by the way. Hey, now you know how I felt last night. That's yeah, exactly what happened to me exactly. last night. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, anyway, uh, guy, have more uh, potassium, folks. <laughs> okay, so where was I at before my rant? So Wolf dies a fiery death. <laughs> the screen says one year later, and it's Washington D.C. Tia Leone is the is the high stakes journalist you all imagine is in Washington today. Everyone's looking for a story. They're grilling Sarah Sanders at every uh, White House briefing. They're you know they're 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 trying to dig up as much things on on everybody they can do. Uh, you know uh, they're they're at every uh, big event trying to find the next story to break because we got to make. She works for MSNBC, which MSNBC wanted to be on this because it gave their new you know the NBC wanted their new news network to have some some frontage. Allegedly, CNN was asked to do it and initially was going to do it, but they didn't want. Uh, they didn't think it would make them look uh, as newsworthy, which is really interesting. But huh. Huh. so 
Um, she works for MSNBC. She's just trying to be this journalist to get these stories. She thinks she's uncovered. What? Do you remember this? What what it is? She thinks she's uncovered an affair with a high-level cabinet official. Yes. Uh, because the, they call the comet th- coming in Ellie. Mm-hmm. E-L-E. Yes. So she thinks, oh, the mistress is named Ellie. Uh, and in the ca- in the uh, the cast, we have uh, James Cromwell, who plays that Secretary of the Treasury, Alan Rittenhouse. He resigns. And it's very fishy why he resigns. She, being the super journalist she is, tracks him down and starts questioning him with all these questions. And they couldn't be more off the mark, these questions. Like, basically, like, basically he's had an affair or something horrible's happened and they're mm-hmm. covering it up. And he just resigned. He wanted to be with his family, which... Knowing that, you know, Hellbop the Comet's coming to kill us all, um, that, you know, that would make sense. But she doesn't know that. She thinks the president has had some sort of an affair or he has had something's happened. So he says some real cryptic things and she's just like puzzled by all this with a very puzzled look on her face. <laughs> Tia Leone, uh, I think David in the live chat mentioned uh, uh, this is David Duchovny's wife. Mrs. David Duchovny is what he, when he called her in live chat. She uh, plays a very flat character. Yeah. Her characters normally are like that. Like the, the, vo- the voice, she, she is just real flat. It's her, yeah, it's her demeanor and, and just the way she delivers lines, I think. She's the female Nicolas Cage. <laughs> She's very monotone. Um, and maybe that's the character she was going for. Or maybe that's just her, but. Laura Inez is also in this, and she play, she plays a very similar character too. She's on ER. They're they're very very similar. So, um, that is true. I don't know if they actually ever <laughs> actually ever indicated what year this was. So <laughs> maybe they were implying something else about a president in 1998. So was that the same year that all that went down? Uh, the Clinton stuff. It's pretty close. I don't know. I don't know. Huh? I don't know. Interesting, oh, but I digress. Um, so, <laughs> so they, um, she, tell she confronts the secretary, former secretary of treasury, Wittenhouse. She leaves there, and immediately the FBI, like, force her off of the road, and say, "Come with us," and they bring her in, and she gets to talk to Morgan Freeman in front of a huge pallet of what, insure, which is hilarious, <laughs> in the galley of the White House or wherever they're at. This movie brought to you by Insure. Insure. You need calcium and all your other vitamins? Insure. So they, um, he's like, listen, you don't understand what the real, what's really happening. Uh, So you just need to lay off it. And she's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of this because I'm a journalist and I'll show you. He's like, you're not understanding the whole point of all this. Tomorrow, the whole world will know about it. We've already told everybody, well, I'm going to get the real story and I get the first couple of questions. Sure, why not? And so she does, but it's after at that press conference, the president is like, we've got a huge comet coming to kill us, and uh, its name's Ellie, and uh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. All right, you get the first question, and she's like, uh, well, uh, uh, you like turkey sandwiches? <laughs> That's literally what it feels like. Journalism. Anyway, she, she brings it along eventually, and, and she asks some journalistic questions. Uh, but there it is. Um, by the way, the Lewinsky scandal, what definitely was that year. And it was just like a few months before this movie came out. So like, but th- there's no way they could have known that when they were filming the movie. You know what NBC would, would have said if this were a show? 
ripped straight from the from the headlines. It's deep impact. Anyway, no comment. All right. Um, so with that said, check this out. Um, the rest of the movie, and we'll come back to this after this, is the buildup. We've got to get into space. We've we've had this huge, the largest spacecraft ever created, and it's going to travel and destroy the comet. What's the name of the spaceship? The Goliath. The Messiah. The Messiah. When we come back, we'll talk about the hallelujah. And we're back. Welcome back to the Horror Movie Podcast. Uh, my name is Jack. We've got uh, Scott Bryan in the house. What's up, Scott? Still here. Rocking and rolling. Rocking and rolling. Uh, Scott uh, is a uh, award-winning poet. Hmm. Scott, uh, I want you, before the end of the episode, to tell folks one of your award-winning poems. Uh, producer Phil is in the house. What's up, Phil? Not an award-winning poet. But what you are is you were the producer uh, on uh, Chumbawamba's hit album, Chumbawamba, self-titled. Also not true. Okay. So uh, is that tell or recite? Because that, that, You're going to have it. to make one up. Scott, okay, we're moving right. forward. Uh, Deep I- Impact. <laughs> Welcome to Deep Impact, the podcast uh, all about the movie Deep Impact. Uh, we uh, Before we went to break... Uh, we were talking about how this movie is much like Armageddon, uh, but it came out before Armageddon. We were talking about how uh, people uh, have now found out from the president's mouth that there's a comet coming to kill us. Elijah Wood, Frodo Baggins, found out first. Dr. Marcus Wolf drove off a cliff, and his vehicle exploded in midair, and he screamed, <laughs> as it was flying off of the cliff. It's great. Uh, and then random trucker had just left the you know flying J truck stop or loves or whatever he, wherever he left, and he had a jolt cola and dropped a cigarette on his seat and obviously the high standards XPO logistics has would not have allowed. He was not a truck driver for him. <laughs> driver to XPO drive for them. XPO logistics <laughs> on the highway, folks. Look for him. XPO logistics. All right, gosh, nice tie-in. That's good. That's really good. Um, so with that said. We have got to make a aircraft. We have, we are not real good at making interstellar flying crafts yet as humans that we know of. They may have those already. All right, we don't know. We're just we're you know we're just ants really. Just we don't know. ANTSs, um, ants that kind of ants. We we don't we don't know. But but in this world in 1998, they formed and created this what looked like a Half space shuttle with two huge booster rockets built onto it, um, all wired up, uh, and it looked like it was going to be able to shoot off to a distant planet. I don't think they were that far away from Earth whenever they traveled for a ways, but they traveled and then they had to land on this comet. Robert Duvall is the uh, is allegedly is the kind of the publicity person. That's almost like a publicity stunt. Him being on, he's the last astronaut to have landed on the moon. Uh, there are other guys uh, with them. Uh, some great, some great character actors. Uh, uh, Ron Eldred is one of the uh, one of the actors. Uh, there's uh, Blair Underwood is on the, on there with him. There's a Russian, of course. There is Alexander uh, Belyuev, <laughs> uh, and he is every Russian stereotype. Uh, and you know the list goes on. So it ends up being. Robert Duvall ends up being the hero of the mission. 
because all the others on there, including John Farber, who's also on there, uh, they get uh, injured, or in John Farber's case, he gets killed. Uh, a he, they get on, they land onto the comet, and the uh, there's this explosion on the comet because it is dry ice and it's heated, cooled, heated, cooled, and explodes, and uh, it blows them uh, off into it blows him off off away forever. Sad. John Farver, rest in peace. <laughs> well, not John Farver, but Gus Part- Partenza. Uh, yeah, there you go. So, um, Scott, thoughts on, do you remember them landing on the comet uh, and anything that, that, that uh, jogs your memory about uh, your feelings when you first saw them uh, landing on the comet? So I actually saw, <laughs> because I, I didn't see him in theater, I saw Armageddon first. Mm. And then I saw this. And if you remember, the, it's one in Armageddon and it's two in Deep Impact. Oh, okay. So they have to pick. So, of course, they pick the bigger one. I mean, who wouldn't? Now, in Deep Impact, now hold on now. That was one, but their initial explosion created a second one. See, I thought I remember oh. them talking in the, in the press conference that there were two. Well, so maybe, maybe I'm well, let's, wrong. Let's do some fact checking. Continue on your thoughts. Yeah, so, Go. but anyway, so you know, the, I always thought they it, attempt to blow it up and then don't, right? Like they fail the first attempt. Mm-hmm. See, now yeah. I'm getting now I'm getting bomb. They split yeah, the comet. Now it's split into two smaller ones. Yep. Okay. Biederman is one is the smaller one, and Wolf is the larger one. Of course, Wolf they're coming still, back. But luckily, they're still headed to Earth. Right. Yes. And one hits a long time before the other one, which scientifically is stupid. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, continue though, because I, I get more scientific. So, so but on but landing on a comet itself seems like illogical, like scientifically stupid, like scientifically <laughs> stupid. But. How about this? A new segment on the show, scientifically stupid. That's right. <laughs> Make some theme music real quick for scientifically stupid. Do 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 do. That's right, folks. It's the greatest segment ever. It's scientifically stupid with our scientists, Jack, Scott, and producer Phil. This week we talk about deep impact and the scientifically stupid crap that happens on this movie. Here we are. Welcome, the guys. And scientifically stupid. Scientifically stupid. Welcome. Um, this is a, a segment on the Horror Movie Podcast. We rarely do it. But on this one, we need to talk about it for a couple things. Uh, landing on a comet. Scott, is this possible? I don't think it's possible. I mean, how you couldn't judge the speed. You'd have to, it's two things coming together at high speed. I mean, it's like landing, it's like trying to throw a football and land it on a dime on the 50 yard line. Or is it like in Last Boy Scout whenever Damon Wayans throws a football into the press conference? Or into the press booth, of the press box oh, of an NFL stadium. Yeah, I mean. That actually happened. Totally. broke a guy's nose through the glass. Yeah, totally doable because it's totally evident velocity when it gets that far. Scientifically <laughs> stupid. So they land on a comet. Um, they land on this comet. Their idea, this is the part that's the stupidest thing to me. They land on the comet. They use this hand drill machine to drill down into the comet to put a nuclear... A bomb, essentially, a big reactor into it. They came off, they have eight nuclear reactors to put into this thing to blow it up. Okay? They drill in there. Their drill, of course, gets snagged because 
There's never been a piece of machinery in a freaking movie that doesn't get snagged on something. It gets snagged. Oh, it's stuck. We don't, we don't know what we're doing. Well, but what did they do in Armageddon? Who did they send onto the asteroid in Armageddon, Scott? Bruce Willis. But what did he do for a living? Phil. He was like an oil driller. He was a driller. <laughs> Never send an astronaut to do a right. driller's job. They don't know how to drill things. Did they send a driller? No. <laughs> so that's the dumb thing. That first dumb thing you did. The second thing, you had these nuclear things. Why didn't you do like a flyby, have a stinking handle on a hatch, and just mm-hmm. drop one on top of it? As you fly by it, or just add it, or drop ten of them. I mean, like, or yeah, yeah. or have like some little remote device that you launch from your plane or your ship, or your uh, aircraft, your spaceship with a nuclear reactor into it. You don't have to go kamikaze, shoot it into it. Why'd you have to land on it? <laughs> Why didn't you bomb it once? See what happens. You're out there in space already. Yeah. That to me was like the dumbest, like. It's all, I mean, it's all a movie crap. I understand that. Based on uh, premises that the Michael Bays and the Steven Spielbergs of the world come up with. I mean, the same guy that, that brought to you, why, did, he, did he bring you E.T.? Spielberg E.T.? That so. Amblin Entertainment? Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah. I mean, the same guy that brought you E.T. is bringing you this. So, <laughs> I mean, maybe, maybe that's good. I, I don't know. I mean, for what it's worth, I, I think if, if a comet or an asteroid or whatever of this size was hurtling towards Earth, there would be literally nothing we could do. Like, I, I don't think that scientifically there's, I mean, given the t- even the technology that we have or even the technology for 20 years from now, I don't think we'll, we'll ever be able to, like, just avert, you know, the crisis of that situation. Is um, it, like, uh, was it David? Uh, yeah, David in the, in, the, in the chat is saying that it was 590 billion tons. It was like, there's nothing we can do about that. Not, yeah, not I, to mention sending a drill to drill into something that you have no idea what it yeah, is. Yeah, well, Crazy. yeah, that that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I mean, and just just the the logic of it is just like unbelievable. I think I said this on the astro on the astro on the uh, Armageddon show that we did too, which is just like they made it too big. Like they, you know, I, I know they want to make the stakes really high. Massive. But like there there is there is a there is such a thing as making the stakes too high. Like, where it's just, like, not even believable anymore. Well, and uh, at any rate, they, they, blow it, they blow it into one big chunk. With, 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 that, with that mission, that part of the mission, like, three of the crew, one, one of the crew members is dead. Two of them are completely incapacitated. The leader, the initial leader of the, of the mission is blinded because he's not smart enough to pull his uh, uh, sun, sun ray visor down to block the sun from burning his eyes. Uh, uh, Blair Underwood breaks his arm. They have to put a splint on it. Uh, luckily, Robert Duvall is there. Then, basically, their idea is, okay, we cannot stop the smaller one, but if we can stop this bigger chunk, and then their plan is just to drive their ship with the like the six other nukes just into it, which they should have done in the first place without them on it. Find some other way for them to get home. Uh, you know, maybe make two ships, one to bl- drive into it, uh, and then the others to, you know, get back of a, uh, a life raft, if you will. Because at least if they're not landing on the East Coast, at least New York, D.C., they're good. Because that's the only place this comet will ever hit is well, the that's East Coast. East Coast and West Coast is all that matters to most people. You know what I'm saying? Until you need a limestone cave. Exactly. Come to Missouri, people. Yeah. We've got limestone caves that they can dig into, allegedly. 
since we're here in Missouri. I mean, the part of Missouri I grew up in is a giant cornfield, no caves. Now, around where we're at now, there are a bunch of caves. Fantastic. Caverns is a very uh, big cave with limestone. We could, we would we would go hide there. I oh, think. yeah. Well, we have um, to move the Jeeps. That's we would take the Jeeps down in there and be fun. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, and move the, like, the moonshine stills that are allegedly down in there uh, out of the way. Um, How many people are they fitting into this cave? One million. And they're going to live there for two years. So until why, the so dust why move the moonshine stills? Well, that's the Fantastic Caverns one. No, but why would we move them? I, I think they'd come and benefit. I think if we were in the if we were in there for two, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. Um, so, so then the rest of the movie, other than this action part, which is moderately action filled, a lot of conjecture, um, is you buying into Elijah Wood and his love story, yuck, and and uh, this his girlfriend, and then the and then it's Tia Leone's character who again. In this other world, before the Deep Impact uh, asteroid, was a crack journalist um, on her way to the top. But now, the top is kind of pointless. Yeah. So, really, her story then becomes her parents have broken up, and I think her mom passes away. And her dad, they they broke up. Her dad has taken on a younger younger, uh, new wife or something. And now that's what has to drive the rest of the story beyond this action thing. And it's like, for Armageddon, you had Ben Affleck, which again, at the time, hot stuff. I guess still technically hot stuff, right? Um, I'm saying as a big he was time a young actor, actor back young then. Young actor, true. Yeah. Good Will uh, Hunting was You had Bruce time. Willis, yeah. who was who is Bruce Willis, who's phenomenal. Uh, you had Steve Buscemi, who was the weird, creepy guy. Um you had uh, Michael Clark Duncan, another rest in peace. I love Michael Clark Duncan in movies. I love him. And he was great in Armageddon, even though we ripped on that one like about a year ago. <laughs> um, but you understand this? Like, the, the movie is just set up so differently, and I feel like Deep Impact uh, didn't make as much of an impact as Armageddon. So, luckily, they blow up. The big asteroid. I mean, it just vaporizes. And Morgan Freeman goes, oh, the large asteroid has been uh, blown into smaller bits and that will safely disintegrate in the atmosphere. That's what he says. Everyone loves your Morgan Freeman. Oh, Morgan Freeman. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, the smaller one hits outside the East Coast. Huge tsunami in New York. The uh, Statue of Liberty is destroyed. The Twin Towers make a cameo in this movie. Yeah. Uh, and they are also destroyed. And then um, that's it goes as a, far a, inland a, that's a bad as taste three years later, as far inland uh, as uh, inner uh, West Virginia. So how far inland it goes. So in Missouri, these people are safe, and there wasn't as big of a ca- catastrophe. But all over the world, there was catastrophe. Luckily, people survived. Everything's fine now. Everything's okay. We're going to rebuild Washington D.C. Uh, at the end, Morgan Freeman is uh, talking in, in front of us. And I will say this. You know how at the end of Star Wars, every end of, well, the first one and the last one, there's a big ceremony at the end and they're handing out medals or yeah. they're in front of something and everything's everything's great, you know? This ending is the most anticlimactic thing ever. Uh, Elijah Wood and the girl survive on top of a hill. They, they drove a dirt bike in front of a tsunami tidal wave. Good job. A 3,000-foot tsunami tidal wave. And wasn't wasn't his wife carrying her baby sister? Yes, who the who the parents? Yeah, who Tasha Yar gave uh, to them to carry. That happens. Tia Leone 
uh, is on the beach. Tia Leone is on the beach with uh, Tia Leone is on the beach with um, uh, her dad because his ex-wife, uh, his, his younger wife person he took on has left him. Because again, no one fifty or over is going to be able to be on the uh, in the thing anyway. So apparently, they don't matter. And then uh, good times, good times for all. Oh, but the answer to the Mac thing is this: is Morgan Freeman's talking, and there are if you'll notice that that last scene, folks, just see if you can look it up online. Uh, final speech, Morgan Freeman, Deep Impact. There are people in the background of this shot. He's in front of the. He's in front of. Uh, he's in front of the White House, or he's in front of the Cap- of Capitol Hill. And he's talking, and there are people there that have nothing to do with the movie. So, like, you've not seen any of these people. I'm watching this thinking one of these people is probably supposed to be the vice. It's probably supposed to be the vice president. And what? And what? This group on the right, I think, is this. I think it's supposed to be his family. But you've never seen these people, and it's just this weird shot of this group of people. You know Morgan Freeman in the middle. Everyone else in the shot, you have never seen in the movie, and you have no idea who they are. And it's really weird to me. Just look at it. Hmm. And they're all standing there smiling <laughs> like they've done something in the movie. You're really like, weird. As the viewer, you're like, who are these people? There is very little character development for Morgan Freeman. Yeah. So anyway, with that said, let's talk about some goods and bads. What are the goods of this movie, Scott? I mean, it, it for the most part, it keeps you engaged. The asteroid part, not the love story. The love story is forgettable. Yeah. I mean, it keeps you engaged because if you hadn't seen Armageddon before, this is new territory. You're like, we're going to land on a comet. We're going to drill something. It's good. Yeah. I, I like that part. Um, and so that was a good part. I, I like um, the premise itself, the whole disaster movie thing. I mean, we just come off like Twister and we come off. I think this is before Perfect Storm, but I mean, we got a lot of disaster movies all right in there. So this was something new that we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. So I like that about the movie, right? And I also like um, they—you're right—they low key a lot of the stories, yes, because they want to focus solely on. Oh my gosh, there's a large comet coming to kill us! Right on. And so I like that because yes. it, it, they don't mess around with it. They say, okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Comet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get to the end of the, uh, the radio uh, portion of our show, yes. let's rate this movie on a scale of one horrible to five horribles. Uh, one being bad, five being absolutely ridiculously horrible. I'm giving this a three. What would you give this? I'd give it a solid three. Okay, there you go. Uh, folks, on the radio, we were going to say goodbye to you right now. Uh, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. If you want more, go to Spreaker.com. All right, so... Check this out. Um, Scotty, what have you been into lately? So I've made a lot of trips back and forth up to North Missouri this summer. And so a lot of podcasts I've been getting into. Uh, Marty Smith's America is mm-hmm. one of the best podcasts really good. out there. It's, it's, uh, it's through ESPN. So good. Hmm. Really good. If you like sports. I'm and not familiar with it. What's kind of the pitch for so it? So what Marty Smith does, he's a journalist for ESPN, Southern guy. Um, and he does not back off and let you know that. <laughs> and uh, he will interview athletes or journalists and kind of get the story behind the story. And he's such a genuine dude that uh, 
that it just comes off so well. He does a lot of country music, guys, because he's a big country, and it's just been it's been a good listen because I like I like how genuine he is with people. So mm-hmm. I've been listening to that a lot. Um, I think I read uh, I picked up the new Tom Clancy book this summer. It was good. Uh, of course, he's been gone what five years now. Jeez, really? Yeah. Wow. So they're ghostwriting all of his books now with uh, with other guys, and they've continued the series, and it's not bad. That's cool. Uh, and so, so are that, they are they using his notes from like what he had planned out to write, or like how's that working? I think they're beyond his notes. Oh, they, now. they've already passed. Yeah, it. Okay. I, I, they're I pulling think a, they're pulling a Game of Thrones. Brother. You can tell the first two or three. <laughs> not basing anything on the book anymore. The first two or three after he dies. Are are his? Yeah, they've kind of deviated from those now. So, but still good. I I, I still like them. So that and and uh, I, I've really enjoyed. I I've almost caught up with all the Avengers movies now. Oh, okay, yeah, almost. I think last time we talked, you were you were in the midst of trying to watch yeah. all those. I, I think the next one I've got to do is Black Panther. So, okay, I still haven't seen that one. Uh, yeah, that's, that's the only next. one I haven't seen. Yeah. Um, when you say ghostwriting, the books are. Tech on Amazon, they're written by Tom Clancy. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Tom. Cl- well, they're not written by Tom Clancy. His name is so prominently on the cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then but, it's got like by somebody in like size two font. But, okay, but it does have his name. Yeah, it has his the other name. Guy, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, cool. Very cool. Phil, what have you been into lately? Anything spectacular? Um, Count Chocula. Have you been into Count Chocula? Just school man like i've just been going to classes at otc and taking a couple classes i'm really enjoying my classes um by the way so like every semester that i've taken i've taken one really good class and then i take two classes every semester one is really good and the other one's just like okay um i've even had like a couple classes that i would even say were were not very good but um both of my classes this semester are are stellar so no pun intended uh, they are stellar, just like Deep Impact. Brought to you by It's HBO a comedy. Just day. Uh, my what have I been into lately? Uh, found a show that I had seen on Hulu. Like I'd seen it sitting there for a long time. I never really watched it. Uh, Drunk History. Have you ever seen this? I've heard of it. So funny, like so funny and so entertaining. Uh, Derek Waters is the guy that's created it. Uh, his whole idea for a show, and it's on Comedy Central. His whole idea for a show was take, uh, give a person this story, and I feel like part of them know history, and then part of them, he, they're friends of his, that he's like, hey, well, you want to come on my show and do this? He gives them this story, this historical story about, it could be, there's a story on there about Mark Twain, and there's one about, San, like, there's a whole episode about San Francisco, or a whole episode about New York, and this history. It could be Founding Father stuff, or, uh, you know, 50s stuff, or whatever. And, that you have to uh, you retell a story, but it's when you and Derek are drinking, and it's literally like I'm just telling you, it's a drunk person. Uh, the language is is beeped on it. I'm just gonna say this, okay? So it's censored. It's just that they're drinking, ha- talking about this historical thing, and it's the silliest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> and Derek uh, Waters is on there too with them. He's talking to him about it, but they start talk- they tell the whole story. But the catch is this, is they have big time, pretty big time actors, like they're, uh, they're uh, doing, like they're doing the, the act of it. Like they're reconstructing and showing the drama, dramatiz- dramatizing the whole thing. <laughs> and so the person's like, well, yeah, uh, uh, and they'll, they'll set, they'll show the person 
<laughs> that the actor will be talking and they'll be dressed up as George Washington and talking about whatever. And he'll be like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's really funny. Like, wow. it's, it's so funny. Like, it's, I didn't know if I'd like it. I watched a couple episodes of it. It's, it's very entertaining. And if you like history, I love history. Like, it's, it's the best. It's telling stories. I love telling stories. It's right in my wheelhouse. The drinking part, I could probably do without, but it's a nice way to get some really funny stuff. I mean, it's, re- it's really funny for that fact that you're just like, this person is just so <laughs> out of it. So I hope that wasn't too non-PG for the show. But but I, I like I said, it's, it's, it's censored. So really, technically, if you had a kid 10 or under in the room, it would, or t- 10 or so in the room, I don't think it would be that big of a deal. I mean, maybe don't show it at your church, next church meeting. I'm not saying you should do that, but anyway. Drunk history. No, cool. entertaining. Cancel plans to show that at next church. Exactly. Meeting. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Don't show that at, B- at vacation Bible school next year. <laughs> um, well, uh, so there you go. Yeah, I would like to let's look at uh, David in the live chat's list. Pull that up real quick. Yeah. So I was just actually reading through it a little bit ago. Um, a lot of it are like the science of it, like how the science makes no no sense. I mean, he obviously would agree with everything you were saying, Jack, about that. Um, I kind of like to number eight where he was saying that like when, as the asteroid is crashing to earth, you see people looking at it, like looking up at it. Yes. But that in reality, that's never, that would never be the case. Like you wouldn't even be able to see it cause it would just burn up the atmosphere. Well, and how about the guy, there's a guy sitting in New York, like on a park bench or something, reading a paper. Oh really? And he's swept up in this gushing waterfall tsunami thing. And just like, and like, oh, it was like. You were sitting there reading the paper. Like, this thing crashed, and you're still just sitting there reading about, I don't know, Family Circus? Like, you're looking at the comics or something? Yeah. And the sound the sound alone would be enough, I mean, you'd think. Well, the, <laughs> I mean, the asteroid hit really close to the East Coast. Um, the title of the way to destroy Manhattan, uh, yeah, it took the head off of uh, the Statue of Liberty, and it would have to make a 90-degree turn over Brooklyn <laughs> to travel in a northeasterly direction shown in the film. Yeah, it basically hangs a right <laughs> as, as the tidal wave is coming. Uh, the tidal wave, obviously not a NASCAR fan. It would have turned left had it been a NASCAR fan. The, um, the stinking, yeah, you're right. There, there's a lot of subtle things. Um, it's just, yeah, ridiculous. Um. There is a lot of science stuff that's just ridiculous. I mean, it's a lot of the same stuff that we pegged um, Armageddon for. It was like, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, half the stuff that you see, that my favorite one from Armageddon, if I can bring this back up, is um, there's a scene in Armageddon where they, like, the, the first sight, like, the drill messes up, just like every drill has to mess up in a movie. And so they have to move to a different location. Am I correct, Jack? Um, they have to, like, get in their, their space car and like drive their space car across the asteroid to the other part of the asteroid. Yes. And they end up like jumping a gorge yes. on this asteroid. With, like that wouldn't probably like, have enough gravity to, <laughs> to do that on. Like, no, I mean, like I think if there, I mean, a lot of people said there would be no gravity basically on the asteroid because of its velocity and the fact that it's not like rotating, rotating around anything. But anyways, so you know, forget the fact that there's no gravity at all, but like once it took off, like once it hit that ramp and went up, it would just continue going up. Like Forever. it would just, they would just be in space. So there's Again, a lot of that. Nineties movie. Like, and yeah. uh, if, as Aaron Dyesburg might say, movies for movie's sake, basically. So, yeah. 
Uh, okay. Well, Scott, anything else you'd like to tell the f- fine folks listening? Hey, um, when you watch a Comet movie, just suspend your scientific <laughs> belief. You have to. Just enjoy the movie. Well. If you can. I can't. Not on this one, you can't. So, so thanks for not Armageddon there. Right. So. Gosh. So what's the what's the chances of a remake on this one? Deep Impact too. This time it's personal, and they're, it's going to be like an alien movie. It's going to be a crossover between Deep Impact, uh, Armageddon, and Independence Day. Deep Impact too. This time it's headed for Kentucky. Welcome to Earth. Have there been other movies like this? Twenty twelve isn't about a comet, is it? Or is it twenty twelve? is about. It. The end of the world, but what causes the end of the world? I've forgotten. We did that on the show. I can't. I don't remember what causes that one. Uh, I didn't watch the movie, and I don't remember from the show. But, oh, my gosh. Um, We've done so many of these now. It's, it's almost like they did like two of these movies in the oh, same no, summer. Oh, no, the planet is then... expiring. Okay. Based on the fact that it's just uh, natural disaster central, because I guess it hates humans, which in 2012, actually, I guess 2009 is when that movie came out. We were We were still... In a definite self-loathing uh, mentality as a, as a people, I think, to hate ourselves. I'm not sure why we decided we had to make a movie like that or The Happening where the trees rebelled. <laughs> all right, we hate you now, humans. Here's some noxious gas to kill you all. <laughs> We're taking this planet back. We're the trees and the grass. Anyway, got to run. And then Marky Mark's looking at the wind blowing and running away from the wind blowing. Good luck. Sorry, it's happening. All right. I'm looking at a list of, of asteroid and comet type movies, and these are the only two that I even recognize. I, I don't think that, I don't know. Like, would an audience even watch, go and see another one like these? Mm. <laughs> I, I think once we had two in one summer, we, we kind of had our fill of it. We have reached our quota of asteroid comet movies. Yeah. We didn't even know we had a quota, but we've reached it. <laughs> we've reached it in one summer. We have. <laughs> Friends in the live chat, thanks for tuning in. Uh, folks listening uh, on on this podcast, we appreciate you so much. Uh, follow us on Twitter at One Horrible Movie, uh, Facebook. Just go to just search us the Horror Movie Podcast. Um, we just love uh, talking to you guys, uh, and we look forward to it. And we're we have uh, we are going to add a component, a video component, in the next I think few months is what we've talked about. Um, it's going to be a shorter one. It'll probably be the first segment. And then another little video game, or, or like not a video game, but a like video thing we do with it. And then it'll be like a shorter thing we post, probably to YouTube, and then continue with the episode. Haven't fully fleshed it out yet, but we're pumped about that. Excited about that. Cool. Are you excited about that? I am. I, I always am. You know, you're always pumped. So, anyway, good stuff. Um, and I, if I can, if I might add, since please I'm not, add, since I, I I'm probably the only one in the room that can do this shamelessly. Yes. Uh, listen to Inner State of Mind. So if you liked the show, this episode, uh, these guys, uh, Jack and Scott, both are on a, a different show called Interstate of Minds. Uh, 22 episodes in. 22 episodes. We probably should have done uh, 100 by now. But there are some <laughs> weeks where we just couldn't sync up. Uh, our sports, our coaching schedules are different some weeks. And in the spring especially, and that kind of curtails. We should be weekly, though, all the way through the winter. It's really a variety show, but I would say if you like sports and comedy, it's probably a good mix. And the highway and the interstate. And if you ever went on road trips as a child, we talk about that a lot. We talk about uh, just the junk along the interstate. You name it. We do a little competitive driving or a, uh, 
Play by play driving. <laughs> it's my one of my they, favorites. They have several segments, and it is probably the only show on any podcast network where two people are recording in a car, like in a moving vehicle. I think so. so. Yeah. And there's probably something else, but yeah. and we and we do have a Twitter handle, but I don't think we've ever used. Boy, it. it's asleep right now. I think. Okay. I think well, I did I, it. I think I did it just to get it. Right. You have the login for it, even. I think I do, and that probably means I'm in charge of it, which is why there have been no tweets on it. So yeah, it's All on right. me. <laughs> Interstate of Mind. This is, but this is the horror movie podcast, and we're so glad you guys tuned in. Thanks for everybody that tuned in, and uh, remember. Just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Yeah, Axel. Thank you. I'm done. See you guys in a bit. The Horror Movie Podcast is heard weekly on great stations like 88.1 KZ88, South Central Missouri's Public Radio, 104.1 Caps Media in Ventura, California, 103.5 WADR, Janesville, Wisconsin, and 105.5 KFGM, Missoula, Montana, from Missouri to Missoula. The Horror Movie Podcast is available for download on iTunes, Google Play, Spreaker, and at the thehorrormoviepodcast.com.